This episode of So Dramatic is part two of a two-part episode about Brian Wilson. Be sure and listen to part one first to get the full story. Okay, so I, I'm glad that you guys couldn't hear what just went down in the studio. Um, I was, my husband was yelling I at me. I just want to be treated like the other guests you have in well, studio. the other guests don't play around with the microphone and constantly adjust it and adjust it and adjust it and adjust it and adjust it. I wouldn't know. You wouldn't let me down here when you're working with them. No, I wouldn't. Everyone gets their own private time with me. Right. Okay. And I know you're jealous because you, you know, don't like me talking to other people, but my love, love of my life, we left off in a very interesting spot. Things started to get crazy. (laughs) As they say. Charlie Manson. Right. Whenever you add Charlie Manson to the story, Uh, things are going to get crazy. First of all, I'm in. Right. Right. You are, for sure. Second of all, it's going to get crazy. Right. So that, that to me was really fascinating. And I, again, with with any story that I research or anybody I do, it's like, where do I cut it off? I didn't want to talk about all the Beach Boys. I want to talk about every single infighting and every... And all that drama, because I was like, it's just, it's so much, right? But I'm like, I got to tell this story about Dennis and Charlie Manson, because right. that's just crazy. And we just saw that movie. What was it? Um, The one about, with uh, Brad Pitt yeah. and the other guy. <laughs> that one guy. <laughs> that one guy. Oh, uh, one, Hollywood. Once Upon a Time, time in Hollywood. Which I got I, it first. I did not like. Because, you know, I am a true crime right. aficionado, and I'm like, that's not what happened. <laughs> right. But It that, wasn't true. But that was crime. the whole point of it. <laughs> right. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Was that it didn't happen. Here's what would, would have been nice if this had happened instead. That's not right. what happened. That's so, not what happened. Yeah. So that was It's my, a movie. Yeah. Right. It's, um, yeah, but I just thought it was very slow moving, very boring. And I did, was not a huge fan. I, You know, and I, I say this too a lot. I feel like at some point I, I should have been a writer, a, a, a screenwriter, because there's such crap out there. Right. I watch sitcoms, and you like that, Two and a Half Men or whatever, and that stupid, what's the other one I hate? Big Bang Theory. I could tell you what every next line's going to be. I can, I can say it before they say it. How long has that show been on? I, again, people right. are dumb, right? right. That's my right. other podcast. <laughs> right. I don't get well, it. Well, there's a market for it. Uh, I don't get and, it. Right, but you but, shouldn't or, yell or again, at me for if, stopping on it and watching it. I will, but here's and the thing. Continue to do if that. it's that easy, and if I know what the next line's going to be, then I should have been a writer, because I could write that crap. Right. No problem. So Which great. goes right back to the Beach Boys with their music. Yeah. Right? poppy quick you know two and a half minute songs yes and then you know the deeper studio music yes that sounds yeah all right so let's get back to brian wilson lying in bed basically we're talking about this time late 19 like 69 approximately he's speaking of that do you know we own three bare naked lady cds we do yeah, I found that hard to believe too. I didn't. I found it hard to believe that they even made three of them. But I saw them live once. Did you see them? Yeah, live? I did too. I did too. Um, yeah, I couldn't tell right, you why. Well, no, one's a Christmas one, right? Right. Correct. Okay, that's different. Correct. 
Once a Christmas one. You bought me that. Yes. Um, they are the first ones in our alphabetical CD. We didn't have because ABBA? Because I put, no, and I put Alison Krauss under the Ks. Well, that's K. That makes sense. Right. Okay, good, good. We're on the same page. What now. other band would be A? That ABBA? ACDC? We don't AC, have ACDC. We do not anymore. Or ABC, sadly. the band from the 80s. We don't have them. Right, no. Um, There's a lot of things we don't have. Yeah. Okay. So like we're talking talent. about... What? Like talent. That's this podcast. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Why not? It does do. We're, let's get to the good stuff with Brian. This is okay. the, the crazy stuff. That's uh, super fun. So he's supposedly in conclu- conclusion. Conclusion. The end. The end. See ya. It's been fun. Seclusion. A friend of his was like, he really wasn't. He's like, I saw him all the time. He just kind of hung out in a bathrobe, which we, you know, whatever. But he's like, he and I went places. We'd go in his car and we'd drive around. And it, he was just, there was nothing. His friends were like, it wasn't like he was sitting in a closet, like not coming out. He's like, he would go out. He would do stuff. This was also, he opened um, a health food store. Here's a great name. So if you're thinking of starting a health food company, the Radiant Radish. Radiant Radish. That's like that. that's your cover band. So if be. you do a Beach Boys cover band, the Radiant Radish. Yeah, I can't sing that high. No, you can't sing I high. You've got a beautiful, deep voice, though. I've always told right. you that. You have. And I've got to learn how to sing. That's what I should be doing during this pandemic yeah. is teaching myself how to sing. Okay. You do have a studio and all that. Yeah, you. it's not like you don't have the equipment. Right. I think it was only around for like a year or so because he didn't know how to run a business and um, it was unprofitable and didn't really know what he was doing. But he's becoming increasingly withdrawn. Uh, they kind of, People would see him kind of like in the back of a limousine or cruising around Hollywood. He'd be like bleary and unshaven. Um, just very, you know, again, people odd behavior right not really dressed appropriately but again like i said some friends were like no that's really not but his reputation really suffered because people would talk about these eccentricities and maybe exaggerate them and a lot of he became known as a commercial has-been and record labels didn't want anything to do with him he says at this point that once you've been labeled as a genius you have to continue it or your name becomes mud and i'm a victim of the recording industry i don't think i was a genius i thought i had talent but i didn't think i was a genius and that's a good point you know it's hard to then live up to that right that's a lot of pressure and then you know people are judging whether that's they believe that's genius or not mike love pinpoints that original break in the band to the moment when brian was coronated at by the press as a genius that that really kind of affected all of their relationships and right because it's no longer a band it's about brian and and mike's mike love's comment was he was a genius but being a genius isn't everything and sometimes it isn't even enough right so okay great you're a genius but do you know how to get along with other people do you know how to communicate that do you know you know so he's like there was gotta be a stable genius right do you have to be i I don't know if you have to be i think it's interesting I think it's an interesting point because he's not denying that that he's really great, but it's like that doesn't mean it's that, also disrupting what they have. And again, we've talked we've talked about this other podcast that you're good at this one thing, right? You're not good at other things, right? right. So you can't, you're not going to run the radiant radish. You're not, you know, right. you're good at this thing, and then we get get on people because they can't because he can't tour or because he can't do this or because he can't. It's like whole oh. You know, that idea to, um, what's it, like, 
sports Well, that's stars. what I found, you know, in uh, as a coach. I mean, you uh, that's your job, to find out not only what they're good at, but more importantly, find out what they're not good at mm-hmm. and don't put them in those situations. You know, but the problem is that teenagers have a hard time believing that they're not good at something and, um, you know, find it offensive when you tell them that, you know, we don't, and you just now, especially nowadays, you got to find ways to phrase it. Mm-hmm. That no, I don't need you to do that. Right. I had a kid who played for me who was an unbelievable three-point shooter, but could not hit a layup, a wide-open layup, to save his life. And so we just, you know, continue to tell him, stop. I know it looks, you know, appealing to go in there when you're wide open, but risk-reward wasn't worth it. So right. stop doing it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. So during like the these late sixties, early seventies, he has the, a lot of home demo recordings, which they refer to them as the bedroom tapes. Right. Um, a lot of them are unreleased and unheard by the public. They say there's a lot of kind of basically they refer to it as schizophrenia on tape. Uh, intense personal songs of um, strange experimentation, and really kind of showed his fragile emotional state at that point. His daughter Wendy talks about. She said, where other people might take a run to really stress, he would just go and write a five-minute song. That would be how, right. so he has, you know, hundreds and hundreds of these things that he would just do to release stress. Um, Carney talked about the, her memories of him from this time are him just wandering from room to room, thinking of something, like trying to figure something out. And she's like, I always wanted to know what he was thinking. She's like, what, what was in his head? And she said, we got used to what the whole environment was. It was very musical. There's always a piano going. She's like, either Rhapsody in Blue was playing or Be My Baby. And she said, I would wake up every morning and I would just hear music constantly being played every day. Late 71, early 72, he was still writing and recording, but drinking and drug use really affected all of this. Brian said he was snorting cocaine, which he shouldn't have gotten into. He said it really messed up his mind. It unplugged him from music. And he said, I just remember reading magazines and I would just tell people, go get me a Playboy, get me a penthouse, which that's all. Another guy who did well in robes. You have to, to. right? Yes. So he spent a lot, about two years after his dad's death. So his dad died in 73 and he actually would go and stay in the chauffeur's quarters of his house. Um, He would just be sleeping, drinking, overeating, a lot of self-destructive behavior. At one point he tried to drive his car off a cliff. Um, Another time he demanded that uh, he be pushed into and buried in a grave that he had dug in the backyard. And his voice was deteriorating because of all the cocaine and the chain smoking. So it really messed up his voice. Um, Wilson later said that he was preoccupied with doing drugs and hanging out. He was photographed at a birthday party at the Beverly Wilshire Hotel wearing only his bathrobe. At one point there was a, someone was playing at the Troubadour and he like jumped on stage again, wearing his bathrobe and slippers and did a version of Bebopalua, which, you know, who hasn't? I thought this was kind of an interesting quote from Alice Cooper. You know, we talked about him. He's hanging out with all these people, right? So right. he's hanging out with Alice Cooper, and he reported that Wilson told him that the 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 song "Shorten and Bread" was the greatest song ever written. <laughs> Just <laughs> Mama's little baby right. loves short and short. <laughs> Just, We're still singing it to this day. So he goes. He said he asked Wilson why. And he goes, I don't are. know. 
it's just the best song ever written. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's such a weird, from Alice Cooper, it was like, it's just a weird comment right. all around. About 1975, so Marilyn and, um, his wife, Marilyn, and the Wilson family, they were really worried about his deterioration, and they didn't want to put him on the payroll as an as active partner for the touring Beach Boys. You know, they, that was the arrangement they had made originally, was that he was still part of the group, that he was still paid, that he was still on the contract. Um, so this is when they enlisted the services of this therapist, Eugene Landy, in right. October 1975. Okay? So Landy... Uh, diagnosed Wilson as a paranoid schizophrenic, but later doctors would say that that was not the case. No? No. Yeah, I, I don't know. They believe it was the drug use, that he was not a paranoid schizophrenic. Yeah, well, uh, I don't know what the difference is. I mean, you're hearing voices, you're living on the edge. You know. Well, yeah, well, let's, let's see I'm what not you a think. doctor. Well, you, but you play one on TV. Right. So under Landy's care, he did become more stable. He was more socially engaged. His productivity increased again. And they were saying like the... the um, This is the guy that cuts him off from the family, right? Yeah. 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 So, that old story. Yeah. Right. The record company starts saying, Brian's back. Like he's back. And so they, they have this new promotional uh, tour for the Beach Boys album that was like a... I think it was a 15th anniversary album. And so it's just a mixture of their songs and i think there was maybe some new ones but it was really lukewarm people didn't really like it but then he starts making regular stage appearances with the band but then he makes a solo appearance on saturday night live in november 1976 and the other beach boys were kind of mad they're like well yeah, you're going well, on your own you know we, we can't get you to perform with us but you're going to do it yeah, by yourself go right so television. again lauren michaels was the one who said that he's got to perform alone he didn't want the rest of the band which, don't get me started on Lauren Michaels. I know, I know. You're not a big fan. I'm not. Not a big fan. I'm not because he broke up National Lampoon. I took that, all their I guys. I thought that was Obama's fault. That was my, Lauren Michaels. Lauren Michaels. Right. So, Brian was like, you know, the record company made- good at holding a grudge, especially on people you've never even met. Yeah. I'm you good at that. hate him. Don't even get me started about Ben Franklin. Right? Jesus. You know why I hate Ben Franklin. I, oh, I know, and but you I don't mean, think you don't have a problem with Ben Franklin. I don't. I don't. You, you're perfectly fine with what he did and what he we, did to his a, wife. As a historian, and I like to call myself a well, I'm a history teacher. Mm-hmm. I don't know about a historian, but we really can't judge people uh, on today's standards, on today's moral standards, and he was doing that for his country. Oh God, help me. Right? If it takes taking on a few French lovers to okay, get support. Let's base it on the moral the, the morality American of the revolution, time. Let's base on the so be it. Let's base it on the morality of the time. You don't cheat on your wife. That's the God same morality. It wasn't it wasn't different. It's the exact same. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's not like caveman time. I don't know. She sounded like she was okay with it. I think she preferred him gone. Right. But you know, again, all those founding fathers, the the founding women need to get a little bit more credit. And I'm that's my next podcast is <laughs> all about them. <laughs> Me and Koki Roberts. Is she dead or did she, did she just I don't know. die? That's a good question. That's my podcast. Are they did. dead or alive? <laughs> and then we and then we never know. Right. Then we just never know until we get an email from somebody. <laughs> that they're alive. Right.
So the recording company, like I said, make this big deal. Brian's back. And Brian wrote, he goes, uh, they had this big campaign. Brian's back. He's like, but they were, but Mike and Mike Love goes, but he wasn't. And they would talk about him like during concerts, he would just sit on a stool like and stare off into space like he was totally out of it. And then Mike Love also wrote about like when they would when they would travel, like when they would tour, they would get two different planes because Brian didn't want to fly with him. So he's like, I would fly with some people and he would fly with some people, but we wouldn't all fly together. Because we just couldn't get along. So, like I said, his now, be- this, yeah. this your story, this podcast isn't going to get me to like Mike Love, is it? Um, because why? I've hated him. Oh, okay. Well, let's talk because I'm going to get to the end about that. We're going to talk about that. Right, but now you're painting a picture like maybe oh, it wasn't all his fault. Oh, wait, wait. There's more I have to tell you about that because you're about Dennis and that whole thing. Yeah. All right, because okay. I've been holding a grudge against him for this right. long. But I don't think you can judge him based on modern standards. Touche. So his, again, his behavior is strange, off-putting. Landy starts his role. So Dr. Eugene Landy, who's been working with him, people are really starting to see his treatment as very unethical. They would be having interviews. Will, Brian Wilson would be being interviewed. And during the interview, he would ask for drugs. Like he would turn and be like, can I have drugs now? Right. He was under constant surveillance. He had bodyguards who constantly were watching him. They There were these bizarre exchanges. And when he was writing a song, Brian was like begging for like something, and and Landy said, "If you write a song, I'll get we'll give you a cheeseburger." So he's like ch- controlling his food, controlling right. his drugs, controlling everything, but making him work still, and just a weird having bodyguards and being watched constantly, and just an odd doctor patient relationship. So a lot of people when they talked about Landy, they said he was just such a performer. The doctor, he said you couldn't stop him. He was the star of the story. He was full of himself. Um, however, he was. One, to keep a person, oh, so this is what Landy says. He goes, um, he felt that one way to keep a person from taking drugs is to have a guard there to keep him from taking the drugs. But basically it was a prison is what it was. Wilson expressed this desire to leave the Beach Boys and record a solo album, but he but he prevented from doing that. The group, you know, he couldn't leave the group. And he just said he just was feeling awful. He wanted to do another album on par with Pet Sounds. And so by April 1977, this all-original album that Brian Wilson wrote was released called Love You. It had the Beach Boys moniker, but basically he wrote most of it. The group really didn't do much with it. And that was kind of his attempt to deal with his mental instability. But actually, there's some of the music in there, like they've a lot of people find that it was like a a super influential album like punk rock artists in, really? in say that patty smith said this was one of the most influential albums for her um i guess because of the um the techniques the musical yeah. techniques that he used for that so ironically it's been you know a, a punk rock influence so wilson was under landy's care for 14 months until december 76 when they dismissed him because he because of fee disputes he was charging i think they said 20,000 a month in 76. Right, right. So the next several years then, so Landy's dismissed. So Wilson is just really going between like- Was really... there co-pays as well? It's <sighs> a lot of money. So this is about the time that Wilson and his wife Marilyn divorce. 79 they divorce and um, just his erratic behavior. So he, he'd be fine and then he'd be go back on the drugs. And it was just kind of a roller coaster. And they, they said it was an amicable divorce. It was not, you know, she just couldn't live with. It's a pretty 
long marriage in rock and roll years. Oh right? yeah, yeah. Because yeah, what was that like? It was mid sixties. Right. Yeah. And and with him too. So he was in and out of hospitals and then had these crazy mood swings. They said one point he wandered off for days. They couldn't find him. And they found him in this gay bar playing the piano for drinks. Wouldn't that be fun? Nice. Like, could yeah. you imagine him in a piano bar? Yeah. Like that would be great. at the Zebra Lounge. Right. Yes. That would be right. At one point, he was a vagrant in uh, San Diego, living on the streets. They took him to the uh, hospital. He had alcohol poisoning. So basically, his you know his commercial prospects are diminishing. And by 80, 1982, he owned like a ton of money and back taxes. So he's just not doing well financially or otherwise. At one point, he overdoses on alcohol, cocaine, and other psychoactive drugs. And they ask Landy to come back for a second time. This is when it gets super, it was bad before. Right. Now. But Andy's now. So right. accordingly, Wilson absolutely refused. He's like, no way. I'm not being Let's treated by this guy that. again. I'm not doing it. And so the family said to him, the only way that you could be a beach boy again, and the only way that they would um, release his money. Yeah. Now, are from- they saying this for his health, or are they saying this for the beach boy's I, health? What do for you think? For the business. I think it's for the business. I think it's right. Um, right to keep this money machine printing money. I think it's both because his wife. I mean, his his wife. I don't know. I don't really know her personally, but who knows? She was part of it too. But they truly thought he was going to die, I and mean, they really thought he was going to die, right. and they were desperate. So they said the only way that you're going to get money because the band's touring without mm-hmm. him. And they're like, the only way that you're going to get that money is if you agree to see this Dr. Landy. And he, Brian like went crazy and was like, I don't like him. He's charging me all this money. He's like, I know I need to lose weight. But he's like, I don't want to see Landy. And they go, no, you have to. And that's that's it. That's, that's your that. only option. So so with Dr. Landy working with him this time, it's a more radical program. Oh, Landy takes him out of the Beach Boys entirely. So it's just so... They actually asked them him to do that, like pull him out. He then completely isolated from his family and friends, brought him to Hawaii, and put him on this vigorous diet and health regime. So Landy describes the program, and he says, The success of 24-hour therapy, 24-hour therapy rests on the extent to which the therapeutic team can exert control over every aspect of the patient's life. The goal is to totally disrupt the privacy of the patient, gaining complete control over every aspect of their physical, personal, social, and sexual environments. So coupled with long, extreme counseling sessions. Just thinking about the notes that those doctors would take if they followed me around during this pandemic for 24 yeah, hours. Right. Uh, he's back at the puzzle. <laughs> he's puzzling again. He is puzzling yet again. He will not stop puzzling. He will not stop puzzling. Yeah, it's the, this obsessive-compulsive stuff that starts yeah. to develop, right? I wonder where you get that from. Who? You? I wonder how people deal with that stuff, obsessive-compulsive. I wouldn't know what that's like. I, you are you have it with the puzzle. You won't stop. Oh. oh you me. won't stop. You won't right. let anyone else do it. Just like to win. I can't, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's part of your competitive nature. I don't think it's obs- is it? A, I wouldn't say obsessive compulsive. That's not. I want to get more pieces. I'd in say place. competitive. Yeah. Right. Than the um, rest of you three. Oh God. So as part of this recovery, he gets down. He weighed three hundred and eleven pounds. He gets to one eighty five. So we might want. To talk, right. I might need to talk to Doctor right. Landy, especially after this. Yeah. Um. 
And so as his recovery is consolidated, then he's able to rejoin the Beaches, or the Beach Boys for Live Aid in 1985. He records an album of them, the Beach Bo- with them. Isn't that Live Aid? Yeah. Isn't that funny? I did not know that. Yeah. He stopped working with them on a regular basis after the album because then Landy kind of then starts controlling him again. So eventually Landy's therapy and technique created this sort of Svengali-like environment for Wilson. Right. He controlled every movement of his life, including his musical direction. In the mid-80s, Landy stated, I influence all of Brian's thinking. I'm practically a member of the band. Mm-hmm. We're partners in life. Right. I love that. Yeah. I'm practically, that's, again, the ego, the right, I want to be a part of this. I'm practically a member of the band. No, no, right. no, no, no. So Wilson later. Jerry was, Krause. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. There's also a podcast, I think it's called The Shrink Next Door which is about this this therapist who got his patients, controlled his patients so much that one guy had, he moved into this guy's vacation home. He and his wife, the therapist, he and his wife moved into the vacation home. The guy, people thought, the guy who actually owned it, they thought he was the, the caretaker. And oh. the psychiatrist moved in there. He had parties there. He would bring all his friends there. And it wasn't his house, and he told everybody it was, and it was a patient of his. And they, it's a great podcast, and it's story after story. He had him sign out. He had him, again, separate from his family, sign all his, like, accounts over to the That's doctor. That's the first move, separate him from the family. Yeah. Second move, get the accounts. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's that old playbook. Amazing. And it's like you feel like, especially those people, for some reason it's more shocking because you're like, God, that's evil. Right. Because people are so vulnerable, and that you would use you plan that plan to do that. You, yeah, that's just that's pure evil. Right. So, um, yeah, it was interesting. This guy never got charged. Nothing ever happened to him. I don't think. Okay, we were so this psychiatrist, and then we had to take a quick pause because the dogs were barking. You mentioned Rasputin, right? Wasn't that? Uh, didn't he do the same thing with the Romanovs? Is that right? Ro- Romanovs, Romanovs. Yeah, they're a great story. Right. Maybe uh, you can have me back again. Mm-hmm. But not you. You can't know what it's about. Oh, yeah. Forget it. Yeah, Rasputin. Oh, fascinating character, right? And the story of Nicholas and Alexandra. So they were two people who were really not set up to be, you know, to lead. They were pretty clueless. They were so out of touch with the the people and what they were going through. It, everything they did was wrong. Like they, they what they they kept doing was they kept listening to everyone else's advice and had horrible, horrible advice. And then finally they're like, this is awful. Like, we need to stop listening to other people. Right. Isn't this every story right. like Brian Wilson? Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. And then when they stopped listening, it was like, then their Same own decisions thing. were worse. So they just listened yeah. to the wrong people. If ever, anyone does that to me, they'll be sad when they <laughs> take over my There's bank account. Much. There's not much. Right. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Although that stimulus check should be there right. maybe in a couple months. Right. We'll get that if we don't screw that up again. Yeah, so this is the doctor saying, you know, I oh, I'm practically a member of the band. Great. So between 1983 and 86, he charged $430,000 annually for his treatment of Brian Wilson. So half a million dollars. He makes on one client. Well, 25 he's there years 24 later. hours, and it's his only client, right? Uh, yeah, I would think so. So then he asked for more money. So he gets 430 annual. So this is 1986. So that's equal to what today? One billion dollars. Yeah. No, I don't know. <laughs> no, it's not. So he's asking for more. So they didn't have it. 
So what they did was they gave away a quarter of his publishing royalties. They signed away a quarter of it. 1988, Wilson said that Dr. Lanny doesn't like me to be in touch. Tell me this guy's not still making money off of him. Oh, he's probably, he's got, he's got royalties. Well, but there was a court case, so we'll see. So Dr. Landy doesn't, he says, Dr. Landy doesn't like me in touch with my family. He thinks it's unhealthy. So Landy responded to charges that he exerted too much control over the songwriter. And he's like, he's got a car phone. He can call anybody he wants. He can go anywhere on his own if he wants to, which we really know that that's not true. So regarding uh, Wilson's relationship with the Beach Boys at the time, he says, although we stay together as a group, we're as people were a far cry from friends one time we were doing an interview together and the interviewer asked carl what it was what it was between him and me and he goes well brian and i don't have to talk to each other we're just beach boys we don't need to be friends and he says and that was true and whenever i think about it i feel horrible so kind of interesting that he's sad about you know that they're not close um in 81 Carl took a leave of absence and then comes back. So there's kind of this back and forth a little yeah. bit of these guys. Are we guys. going to talk about car phones at all? Why? I mean, did you know anyone who had a car phone? Yeah. Chris, my friend Chris, her dad had a car phone. So that would have been. It, was it built in? It was the in the car. car. So that would have been 80. Chris moved here in 86. So 86, 87, yeah. he had a phone in his car. Right, because when you mentioned that, I thought of, of course, of my brother-in-law, uh, Gary. Yeah. God rest his soul. Yeah. He had, I remember the leather bag car yeah. phone that he had that uh, you can you left in the car, but you also took it out. It oh, okay. Hers, this was part of the car. Yeah. yeah. It was really cool. Yeah. Very, and think about that's a long time ago, right. right? But he was the only one I knew that yeah. had a car phone. I didn't get a cell phone until when? When we started dating, I think you got me my first cell phone. Yeah. Could have been. So 95, maybe? 95, 96. Right. I remember calling you from uh, the payphone at Cork and Carey. <laughs> yeah, right? the phone booth. The phone booth, right. Yeah. The old phone booth. Yeah. yeah. Remember that? I Salad do remember. Days. God, are we old. Right. I can't believe we're still together. I they know. said it wouldn't me last. Neither. No, I said that. <laughs> oh, wait. We both. I said that. No, you said that. Okay. Right. So 1983, Dennis, like we talked about Dennis, our, the Charlie Manson guy. He's really suffering from extreme abuse. And they told him, they said, when Dr. Landry's done with, oh, with Brian, you're next. You're next. <laughs> and he's like, what? Um, they basically cut Dennis off from the band and from his family. And they said, you you either go to rehab or you're not performing anymore because he was completely wasted all the time. So at the time of his death, everyone had, of, of Dennis's well, death. Well, he did, you know, he caused a few murders. So that right. could have been weighing on him. But that's what we were saying earlier when I said right. that. Like, that's that's got to be, you introduced him to the guy yeah. who he went to go right. murder. Right. Right. And you screwed him out of a record deal. So I never really knew that part of the story. Um, okay, so this is Dennis. So he, at the time of his death, everyone had cut him off. He had nowhere to go. He was in and out of detox. I think he had just come out like a couple days before. He was just divorcing his wife. I'm going to tell you her name, and you're going to tell me if you think maybe like how, why this might lead to some other issues. Sean Love is his wife. Sean Love. So that's a cousin? Yes. Guess who her dad is? Okay. Oh, so it's it, it's a 
Right. It's Bob Love's. Mike. Mike Love's. Mike Love's. Bob Love is a basketball Illegitimate daughter, Bob Love. That's a whole different story. I met Bob Love. Patrick. He met her when Uh, she was 16. Right. He's 30 something at this point. Right. And the he asked her who her dad is, and she says it's Mike Love. He's an illegitimate daughter. Mike said it would never admit that she was really his daughter. They start dating when she's 16. So there's some gray area. She's 16. She has a baby when she's 17, and then when she's 19, when he dies. So, and again, wait, wait, wait. Back that up. Who dies? When Dennis dies, when Dennis 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 Wilson dies, right, right, right. okay. All right. So he so Dennis, Dennis Wilson is in and out of rehab. Got he it, marries Sean Love. He meets her when she's sixteen. Knows that she's possibly Mike Love's illegitimate daughter. Right, right. right. Mary, she has a baby when she's seventeen. Mm-hmm. Then when she's nineteen, they're ready for a divorce. They're in the process right. of getting divorced. They are first cousins, right? They would be second Ma- cousins. Mike, no, Mike no. Love, and, Mike Love, yeah, and right. okay. So and, how does that work? So the they, Sean Love would be. His first cousin once removed. Right. Yeah. Okay. So when you talk about Mike Love and if you think he's a jerk or whatever, let's take a look. (laughs) Right. Okay. Yeah. This was my worst fear coming in here. Yeah. That I would start siding with Mike Love. Yeah. So December 28th, he ends up, Dennis Wilson ends up drowning in Marina Del Rey. He was drinking all day and then he decides to go diving to recover his ex-wife's belongings that he had thrown overboard in that same marina from his yacht two years before. Mm-hmm. So he'd been married five times. He Remember just... the first time I went diving? No. No? On our honeymoon? On our honeymoon. Remember? You stopped talking to me for the entire night. Do you remember you said I you were went... gone for an hour and you were gone for seven? Well, back then everything cost $100. <laughs> we were right? in Hawaii. In Hawaii, everything was $100. Right. And I took a lesson for $100. I was going to write it out. I wasn't going to say, oh, I've got to cut the lesson short because my bride wants me Thinks to I'll be back. back in an hour. And I disappear right. into the ocean. I was in the pool for an hour before right. I went into the ocean. And then you disappeared hour. into the ocean. And I didn't know where you were. I was a right. little worried. Well, it was the only time I dove. Do you remember? Do you remember? I, I remember you not talking to me the remainder of the night. Oh, come on. I'm, yeah. glad, I'm glad you're over it. Do you remember when the, the, the torch lighter came? <laughs> um, I agreed to not discuss this story when you asked me to do this podcast. I said this story would not be. But you, said, you just brought up me being mad at you for a whole night. Come on. Right. You can't do that to me. All right. Okay. I, I won't go into it. trying to be romantic. I tripped. Wow. <laughs> so great that's the problem you know i love a good fall you do i just yeah. love it yeah you love that's number three on your podium <laughs> yes. right right um the humanities mm-hmm. true crime and people and falling people falling yes that's my okay mm-hmm. um so he so this is he was 83 we said so dennis wilson is 39 when he drowns so young you know pretty young right so right now, then Wilson, about this time, Wilson signs a solo record deal and works with Leandy's girlfriend. Isn't that amazing? Tangle webbing. Yeah, new material. And then basically he releases his solo album. But it was difficult. It wasn't very well received because Leandy insists on controlling every aspect of his writing and recording. And his lyrical influence is significant. Who does he sound like? Like his old man. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yep. Full circle. P. 
people who do that, it's like, that. why do you, why do you seek that? Like, why do you, you get away from this person who's so abusive to you and you go right to someone who's doing the exact same thing. Right. I don't know. I've seen it happen. Yep. How did we escape that? I don't know. Did we? <laughs> so actually the album, it did, it actually did okay, but then they're saying that he, they think he suffered a stroke, that Wilson, Brian Wilson suffered a stroke, or that he is somehow permanently disabled due to excessive drug use. He had been prescribed a massive amount of drugs by Landy, like right. tons of drugs. Yeah, I seem to remember a stroke. So they, Steve what Dally's happens is, about that, I think. They, I, I'm not sure how to say it, but it's like Tardive Dyskinesia. Kinesia. It's a neurological condition that you have involuntary repetitive movements. So it happens from drug use, from these from using these drugs. And tw- about 20% of patients that are treated with the antipsychotic drugs for an extended period of time develop these. So basically what they said during the, the recording of this Brian Wilson album, engineering staffs observed what seemed to be every pharmaceutical on the face of the earth in Landy's bag. And they said it was like a store and he would open it and he would give Wilson all of these drugs. So he was just dispensing all of these drugs. So, you know, who knows what what that did or we do know what that mm-hmm. did so 1989 is when um wilson finally separates from landy and they talk about that too where you know basically landy was living in his house right. and brian was like living right. in another part of the house you know what i mean so there he just really took over so where was he, he was still in california at the time yeah he was in i think he went didn't from he live here in illinois did he live in st charles or was that his producer that lived in that was St. Charles. I don't know. That's a, I don't remember that. I think that was his next wife. I think that was the wife he married later. There was something because that was Joe Thomas. You would think you would know this if you researched. Well, this. next when we do our recap, you can oh, okay. look it up right. and tell me. I told you right. I'm not gonna. This took me so long to get to this stuff. So he has uh, in his memoir. He talks about. Well, it's not even his memoir. Someone wrote a book and they talked about the relationship with his dad and with Landy and Landy's influence over his financial affairs. But basically his family then steps in. So his brother and family members, after they have a two year battle with Landy and uh, sue him for his misconduct and he ended up losing his license and to practice and they removed him and got a restraining order so that he couldn't be around Wilson anymore. So that took, it was like a two-year battle. So the family says that they regret that they trusted Landy so much, but they also said that without him, Brian would have died. Right. That there was no doubt he would have died. Those restraining orders are very powerful. They send a very clear message. Yeah, that piece of paper. I mean, right. From what I hear. From what I hear. It's not like I've ever had one. Not yet. Uh, Nineteen eighty-eight. Brian Wilson is listening to the radio and he hears this song, "Kokomo," and he's like, "Huh, who did this?" And it was the Beach Boys. It was a Beach Boys song, right? <laughs> he didn't know. So basically, it was a collaboration between Mike Love and some other people, and it was released as part of the cocktail right. soundtrack. But he says, "When someone told me who was singing, I, I couldn't believe it." He's like, "It had such a cool sound. It was great harmonies." And um, not to go back to last episode, but I think we have that CD. Isn't it a soundtrack cocktail? I don't, I wouldn't have it. I think we do. Really? Did you, when you, I don't know. I think when I was putting them together, I think I found that. Mm. 
Why would we have that? I don't know. What other song would be on that album that would interest us? It would not yeah, be Kokomo. Maybe, no, crazy. maybe I'll have to look again. Okay. Yeah, so kind of interesting. And so Mike Love says that they tried to get him to do it, but Landy wouldn't let him. And that he, they were told Brian couldn't make it to the sessions. But right. Yeah, interesting. So, again, so finally that Landy is removed. Um, and then Brian starts getting conventional medical treatment. And then he starts performing again as a solo artist. What's conventional medical treatment? I love how they, they you treat drug addiction with more drugs. Well, I think the point right? is to not treat you with more drugs. I think the point is to get you off of 8,000 different psychotropic medications right. okay. and get you off of those. Right. Wean you, as they say. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and maybe maybe talk therapy. Maybe Jeff talk Thomas, to... that's the guy, right? Isn't that the I guy? I thought it was Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas. I said right. that. Did you? Earlier today? Yeah. About two seconds I'm doing now. a much better job of listening to you as I, than I normally do yeah. during normal conversations. Can't believe I missed that one. Joe yeah, Thomas. Yeah, when you're talking about St. Charles, I said Joe Thomas. Right, right, yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. Does he come into your story? Yes, he does. Or is that episode three? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I can't do one more. It's like the entire season. <laughs> season three is all Brian Wilson. Maybe I should have my own podcast then. <laughs> you keep saying that. You keep threatening oh, that. i got to come up with a topic. <laughs> Something. Right. See, Stay tuned. You think it's easy. My up and coming podcast. You know how long. As it, soon as I think about it. You know how long it took me to think. I mean, you know. You do know. I know. How long. I do know how yeah. long. Okay. You were planning process. and planning. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to go buy the stuff for Christmas. And then you kept talking about it, and I'm like, oh, should I just give it to her now? Should I just <laughs> give it to her so she gets started? And then I held out till oh, Christmas. Yeah, you did. You're amazing. Right? I know. Maybe that should be my podcast. Yeah, how amazing oh, you maybe are. Maybe I am. Go ahead. Okay. I'm sorry. Sorry. So 1995, Brian Wilson marries Melinda Ledbetter. She was actually a car, our car salesperson. She was a former model, and he actually met her in 86. He was at a car dealership, and he saw her... And he was like, God, that's a pretty girl. And he said, I think I think I'll see her again sometime. And next life, would you rather be married to a car salesperson or a plumber? Plumber. Well, wouldn't it be nice that you know have someone that can fix things? No, you there? said a salesperson. Right. Yes, I'd rather have. Hate to go buy new cars. So wouldn't it be nicer to know someone who knows the ins and outs? No. Well, I would say a salesperson wouldn't know how to fix a car. No, I'd, no, no. I'd no, say a mechanic. Fix, buy. What? To buy the car. Don't you want someone in the industry? No, I know how to buy it. I bought all our cars, right? I know that, but don't you think you can save more money if someone was in the business? I'd rather have a car mechanic. Oh, a car mechanic. Yeah. Instead of a plumber. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's probably No, not instead. Can I have both? (laughs) Right. Right. Just an overall general contractor. Well, you and I both agreed that next time we were marrying for money. We are not marrying for love. Not practicality. No, we're gonna. We will marry for money next time, not for love. That dog is soaking wet. Oh my gosh! Both our dogs just. Oh, oh no! They're so. Oh no! Get out of here! Oh my god! She's like a drowned rat. Oh get baby! Out. Hold on. Oh my gosh! Get oh, no. get out. So Brian. Oh, so he said, "God, I think I'll see her again sometime." And then Melinda says, "That's what attracted me to him. He was just so nice." I'm sure that was it. Right. Not the money. Fame. I'm sorry, so cynical. Right. She said, "Music is his first love. Nothing can replace it. It's his being. It's his essence. It's his everything." 
So I'm settling for second, but it's pretty good. It's pretty good second. So they actually dated when they first met, they dated for three years, but Landy put an end to the relationship and then they reconnected in 92 and they married in 95. And then in 1999, guess who started acting as, as his manager? Joe Thomas. <laughs> Melinda, his <laughs> wife. Oh, not again. <laughs> Can you just separate family and business? Please. Mother of pearl. I'm reading that. I'm like, oh, forgot. Again, let's Creatures go from one habit. drug to another. Right. right? I mean, right. the fact that he like would, wouldn't get it or recognize it. It's like, but you can't trust. He can't trust anybody. You know, it's one of those situations right. where who's got your best interest in mind? She might. I don't know. Right. I'm speculating. But it's just like, you know, it's one of those. I was thinking like Sid and Nancy. Like the minute she becomes his manager, you're like, oh, for God's sakes. Right. Okay. So. Basically, she's negotiating for him, and that's she's like, that's basically what I did when I sold cars. She's like, so it was it was no big jump. I'm like, I think there's a big jump, yeah. but so then he releases a couple albums and includes um, in '95, and one is um, he performs with his daughters Wendy and Carney of Wilson Phillips. So Wendy talks about the childhood, and she'd said, you know, we would go on the road in the summers with the Beach Boys. And she said, I guess you could say that was a glamorous lifestyle, but we really didn't know any better. She said, you know, along with this birthright, she said, we have a, a burden that we, our childhood was lost to the dark side of rock and roll. So Brian had fallen in, had fallen into this depression when she was a kid. That was kind of when it started, this addiction. And he would be like a phantom dad, right? So they didn't really see him. And when, they were 10 and 11 when their parents got divorced. And when Landy came in and took over... And they weren't allowed to see him or be around him. So imagine being that young and being separated from your dad. And he had to cut all his ties. So they basically, the only way to get him back was when they went to court. But he still didn't call his daughters. So after all that stuff with Landy, when he got rid of him and he was on his own, he never called his daughters. So there was a an interview with um, Diane Sawyer. And she asked him, she said, why haven't you called them? And he goes, well, I can't answer that, but... I am guilty for not being a good dad. I was a druggie when I should have been a father. And the girls talk about how that hurt manifested in different ways. Wendy said she completely turned inward. Carney said she turned to food and they struggled to find their place, but they kind of found it in music. They were always inspired right. by music and used that. And so that band that they formed with China Phillips, they started that in their late teens and then they ended up recording and they made, they were very successful. Now, who was the Phillips? She was from China, so she was. Um, it was someone famous, um, right? The the woman, or no, the guy. Um, was a singer as well, right? Her parents. Was it someone from the Mamas and Papas? That's what I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, because their dad was Phillips. Right. How can we find that out? I don't know. There's no way to no search search that. Um. So. Di uh, in that interview, Brian says, I'm just waiting for the right time. Okay, now, right. I just typed into the Google machine, W-I-L. Uh-huh. And guess what popped up in the search? What? Wilson Phillips. No, it did not. <laughs> it did. I hate, I hate the Google machine. Because it's listening. It's listening. Right. I just hope it rates and... Um, Subscribes <laughs> and reviews my and podcast. Reviews my podcast. All right, members. So, China Phillips, who was her dad? Who was China Phillips' dad? 
I'm getting to that. It's okay. Mamas and the Papas. Yeah, she's the daughter of the Mamas and the Papas band member John and Michelle Phillips. Oh, Michelle Phillips. Okay. okay. And the half sister of Mackenzie Phillips. Oh, Mackenzie Phillips. I don't know who that is. is yeah. she, was she the actress? I don't know. Was she oh, in? Um, was Mackenzie Phillips from what that that show? One day at a time. Well, but there's a couple good pictures. I think of she her. was. She's super she's skinny. Up all right. Mackenzie Phillips isn't she dead? Or no, Cheyenne Phillips. China. China. <laughs> Excuse me. It's the problem with the, uh, the spelling glasses. when they misspell the names. Right. China. I got a problem with that. Yeah. All right. So Diane Sawyer says to Brian, and he about this, and he goes, "Well, I'm just waiting for the right time." And so then shortly afterwards, uh, Carney says. She's checking her answer machine, and she's and it's a message saying, give me a call back. And she's like, Dad? Like, he just leaves a message. Right. She's like, oh, my gosh. So then, again, they do get together. They release an album together, which is kind of cool. And then he does return to the Beach Boys for sporadic recording sessions, some live performances. But they were, event, again, very tenuous. Um, in 98, he starts working with Chicago-based producer Joe Thomas. The right. album Imagination. Do you remember that? I think the I song was I don't remember the album. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The song, right. So he then gets extensive vocal coaching to improve his voice, um, starts to like work on stage fright, um, and then he starts to consistently perform for the first time. And so this, they're talking about this, is just really successful. He's actually doing entire performances of Pet Sounds throughout the US, UK and Europe and it's just a right. real... he wasn't speaking well though no. right at first and couldn't like definitely couldn't sing because he couldn't speak right well um, yeah I remember all that listening to that unfold like when Steve Dahl used to have them yeah both on. so this is where it gets weird with the Joe Thomas so 99 Should Wilson... we tell people who Steve Dahl is I did I said he was a radio oh, he's okay. a Chicago right. radio guy okay Famous Chicago radio guy, right. one of our favorite talk, yes, talk radio. without a doubt, yes. When it was good, good talk radio. Right. So in 99, Wilson, Brian Wilson files a lawsuit against Thomas, seeking damages in a declaration, right. which freed him to work on his next album without involving Thomas. The suit was made after Thomas allegedly began to raise his industry profile and wrongfully enrich himself through his association with Wilson. Which, to me, I'm like, I, isn't that the whole point of, like, work producing for someone and for working someone, with them is right. that you if they're good then you raise your profile yes how is that that's the business you would think right that's yeah i i don't that i didn't get that i was like so then he thomas files a suit claiming that melinda schemed against and manipulated him and they eventually settled out of court that was very weird you remember that steve Dahl was touring with him right he played with him he played the theremin right. or whatever that yeah, is the theremin. yeah he would play right. with him and it was just very odd. Um, Which I just looked up the theremin. Yeah, we did for something. We did for Remember a different conversation, yeah. And then it all brought us back to yeah, Steve, Steve Dahl and yeah. Brian Wilson. But again, so I read that. I'm like, okay, for raising his industry profile, I'm like, that's the whole point. I mean, that's right. what you're doing. Yes. I didn't get that. So I think. Right, like if I recruited a real good basketball player. Right. And, and then, then you got sued because got sued you were because better. I was using him to raise my uh, profile or my right. resume. Because then you got more attention because your player did well. Right. Yeah, I don't get that. So, and again, who's the bad guy? Is it Melinda? Is it Joe Thomas? Right. You know what I mean? Or is it both? Are they both like. Or is I, he just so used to people 
abusing him and taking advantage of him. That that now he's gun shy. Right. I don't know. I just thought it was like you signed an agreement with him and now you're regretting it because now you, you feel like, oh, we don't need him. We can do this on our own. Is she right. saying that? I just thought it was it was kind of an interesting side note because we do we remember listening to Steve Dahl and listening to those episodes right. with Brian Wilson on the radio. Right. And talking about touring and Joe Thomas being on there and all that. So this whole time, Carl is basically the, the glue that holds the band together, his brother Carl. Carl. You know, because Dennis is dead. Mike Love and isn't really getting along with everybody. And they're, they're all kind of fighting. And um, so Carl's the glue. But in 98, he dies of lung cancer at age 51. And so basically that kind of ended the band's sticking together they didn't have someone to kind of smooth things over and so I, this is another interesting quote that i thought was funny is uh they asked if he was a religious man if brian wilson was and he says i don't follow any particular religion they said well you know what do you believe in?" he goes i believe in phil specter jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> He does. He likes the murdery type. I, well, his nice. brother did, right? His, well, brother, his brother. Yeah, did, it was his yeah. brother who was with okay. the murdery type. So they were talking about these auditory hallucinations that I mentioned earlier, and it's like these disembodied voices. So every few minutes, the voice says something derogatory to me. Every few minutes. This has been going on for decades. Right. It discourages me, but I have to be strong enough That's to self -esteem, say self-esteem. Right? Isn't that what we call that? I'm like, I've got that voice in my head, right. and right. I didn't do we, any psychotropic drugs for that guy. Right. It's called self-esteem. It's called conscience. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm like, I got yeah. that. And I got to listen to that voice every <laughs> morning when I try to get out of bed. <laughs> Just shut up. No, it's not going to be that bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he basically has to say out loud, leave me alone. Stop talking to me. And he's like, it's all day. It's all day. It's a constant fight. So I guess, you know, you sort of, you know have this idea that no wonder he's spaced out he's trying to figure out who's really talking to him they he talks about his mental condition has improved though with his relationship with his wife that's allowed him to resume his career and he says that things have started to get a little bit easier he said but i'm not always positive or in a happy place i'm like who is they talk about him being difficult to interview and like he'll like get up and walk out or like in the middle of the interview he'll shake their hand and go thanks and walk away um, and just weird stuff like that. You know, they said, uh, he always says, I've got a poor memory. And sometimes he'll just do weird stuff in interviews. He's like, well, I'm just trying to test people. But people are like, are you? Or just right. like, what's happening? Um, and they talk about, someone interviewed him and he said it was just very hard because he's not real verbal. And he just, it's, he just seems odd, you know, right. this is sort of the, the take on that. In about 2000, when he's feeling better, he decides to revisit the album Smile that he left in 67. So he basically tried to reimagine that material into something that would work in a live context. And so he ends up giving like a concert of it in 2004, 37 years after he first conceived of it. The fact that he could go back to something that was he thought would be so great was just an emotional milestone for him that he could kind of go, here's something I didn't get to finish and mm -hmm. now I'm coming back. Um, and they said, you know, it was just really super rewarding for him. In 2011, the Beach Boys reunited for a tour for 50 American cities and they released a new album 2012 and it actually debuted at number three at the billboard charts um really? that's why god made the radio does that ring a bell no um no not at all. so 2012 so then after that wilson says he's no longer touring with the band they also talk about too a lot of people felt that he really didn't want to tour 
and really didn't want to do this to begin with, but that his manager and his wife insisted that he do it. And they all, a lot of people said it's a bit Landy-like when you look behind the curtain. And he'll say, oh, I, I enjoy touring. But he had a recent interview, like in 2011, where he said, they said, what do you dislike the most about touring? And he says, I don't like going on stage and performing. <laughs> and they're like, right. And then as soon as one of his handlers heard him say that, they reminded him. They said, oh, no, Brian, you you like performing. And he goes, right. oh, I, I'm sorry. I love performing. They were like, yeah, no, no, no. Remember, Brian, you love performing. He's like, oh, yeah, I love performing. Oh, yeah, shoot, wait. Shoot, wait, no, I love it. So, yeah, they're like, what do you, what do you not like? He's like, I don't like getting on stage and I don't like performing. Right. Oops, that's, that's it. Um, in 2014, there was a movie called Love and Mercy, which I did not realize was about Brian Wilson and his first wife. And it's... John Cusack is in it. Paul Giamatti plays Dr. Landy, Landy, and Elizabeth Banks plays, oh, his second wife, Melinda. So, Love and Mercy. We is have to try Netflix? to check that out. I right. couldn't find it on Netflix. Um, and then to celebrate the anniversary, 50th anniversary of Pet Sounds, Ryan Wilson embarked on a, a tour in April 2016. They said it would be his final performance of the album. Then there's a bunch of documentaries out. There's actually a documentary that was supposed to come out this year at the Tribeca Film Festival, but I think that's been canceled. Yeah. So I don't know if that ever happened. 2020 but has been canceled. To the whole year. Yeah. There's no fun. Everything. There's no festivals. No. No, we're, we're, we are still having fun, right? Right? This is fun. This is really fun. So currently, the Brian Wilson and the Mike Love thing that you that you mentioned before, right. okay, that they have their differences, and they've had lawsuits. And Love was mad about songwriting credits that he didn't get, him using the name when they toured, and you know that kind of stuff. Brian releasing because right, he continued to tour without Brian Wilson yes, as the Beach Boys, right? But he was allowed to because he has a contract as a Beach Boy, right? So if yeah. you're in the Beach Boys and one of them doesn't want to tour. That shouldn't affect you, uh-huh. right? So one guy's like, I don't want to tour anymore. You can't go, okay. Right, but, but isn't that like, then you're not, the band broke up. Right. Then well, then, you're not But the then Beach Brian's Boys, got though. a contract that he's not following. Right. I got that. I get that. Yeah. But like. So you're, you're supposed to just stop? No. Go out. Be your own man. But that, who but wants to see Mike Love? Right. That's why I have the <laughs> right. problem with it. But why Why wouldn't you use, right. that's the only way he's going to get people to see him. Right, on Brian's fame. He was part of Brian's fame. He was part of the Beach Boys. He was Very a member of the part. band. Yeah. And he wrote songs that he didn't get credit for. Yeah. So Brian also gave away a free CD included with his solo album, a free Beach Boys CD. And, and Mike Love's like, wait, you can't give our stuff give away our for stuff free, for right? They also talk about now like the difference. So Brian Wilson's basically touring like deluxe tour buses and Mike Love is flying coach and going to fairgrounds and casinos. And there was someone who talked about just kind of this issue. And they said, Mike Love has kept the Beach Boys a vital American institution, alive and working in the face of great odds and even greater derision. So that's, right. that's what I'm saying. Brian Wilson stopped and he was done, right? Right. Mike Love's the one who kept their name going and kept it happening. So, yeah, you could look at it like that, or you could just say, hey, he abused this when he shouldn't right. have been using that name, but I, I disagree. So they basically said the, the roles were now, cast, right? right? Brian was the band's 
he was this rainbow colorist, this beautiful dreamer, this wandering lonely as a cloud in a bathrobe, dented by physical trauma, drug addiction, and then, you know, long subjugation of this guru, quack Dr. Eugene. Brian is just like this poor figure, this poor guy. And then there's Mike Love, who's this crass, opportunistic showboater. That's the one I knew. That's how people have viewed them. And they said that's their role. That's how that's been cast. They just, and I I didn't realize this, but at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction, do you remember what he said about Mick Jagger? Did you ever hear this? No, I'm sure he did. He gets up and says something that Mick Jagger is chicken shit. Mike Love did, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right. And then Bob Dylan gets up afterwards and goes, I want to thank Mike Love for not mentioning me. (laughs) Right. It's the only funny thing I've ever right. heard Bob Dylan okay. say in his yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Um, Don't get me started on Bob Dylan. So then, one of the worst concerts I've oh ever god. been to, and I love him. Yeah, he's another guy. He should be afraid to play live. <laughs> he's the guy. Who we need to get Doctor Landy. Right. He should be afraid to play live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So basically, they're saying Love realizes that he's the villain and that he's been cast as that, and he's like, you know, who. For those who believe that Brian walks on water, I will always be the Antichrist. Yeah, yeah I guess. Mm-hmm. And I was one of them guys. Those guys. Until now, you've changed my... I have? Honey. You have. You've done it. That's unusual, because usually you go, I don't know about that. And then you got to research <laughs> it, or your fr- our friend Steve's got to tell you <laughs> the, the, exactly what I said. So June 2019, Brian Wilson was touring, and then he postponed it and with the comment saying he's been living with mental illness. There were times when it was unbearable, but with doctors and medication, I've been able to live a wonderful, healthy life. I've been feeling strange, and it's been scary. I'm not feeling like myself. So he says, I've been struggling with stuff in my head and saying things I don't mean, and I don't know why. It's something I've never dealt with before, and we can't figure it out yet. My music and my fans keep me going, and I know this will be something I can overcome. So then he stopped touring for two months, came back. He's like, I'm all better. Yeah. Good. All good. Two months. A little cleansing. Yeah. And again, it's one of those things. Why does he need to tour? If he doesn't want to do it, if he doesn't like it, and he's miserable, and he's got to go, and it's mentally draining. I'm 53 years old. I enjoy getting up in the morning and playing basketball and still playing basketball. Right. But if you didn't, you wouldn't, you shouldn't do it. I think it's, I think it's, I don't think he does. That's what I'm saying. I don't think he does. He's not 53, honey. I don't know. I know. But I think it's the same thing that I enjoy doing this. He never playing. enjoyed doing it. Well, maybe now he's at a place to where he I don't know. enjoys it. I think he's being pushed by his managers and people to make money and to tour. Yeah, that, I mean, that could be. Yeah. We've seen evidence of that. That yeah. could be. But I think um, a lot of times these guys do it. Like, oh, of course. I mean, I mean if you like Stones it, do it. Do the it. Stones, they you don't. Enjoy. I don't get a sense that the Stones hate it. Right. No, they. you can. We've yeah. seen them twice this oh, summer. Gosh. They, um, <gasps> last summer. Last summer, yeah. When there was a summer, they, they you know, they are doing having they, fun they and they love it. Stage. Right. Yeah, that's amazing. Charlie yeah. Watts is just who's what's the guitar Coolest player? Drummer ever. Um, what's the guitar player? Why can't I think of his name? Ronnie Wood. Ronnie Wood. How, Ronnie Wood like is like the most together. <laughs> like he had them on track. <laughs> right. He had them. You know, that's not the right song. He. Right, I was just. Right, right. That was fantastic. I, that's like we were talking about, what do we miss the most? I miss being I able miss. to go to concerts and theater and right. just seeing a live performance. 
I miss that desperately. I know. I was just thinking about that, that um, my streak of Lollapalooza will come to an end. Yeah. Have they canceled it officially? No, but I have. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to You're gonna not going to go? I mean, one of the things I enjoyed is just standing in the middle of that crowd and listening to new music and mm-hmm. feeling young. Yeah. Being surrounded by young people. Yeah. And just feeling young. And I don't of. trust those young people because we're seeing them. They don't know how to social distance. <sighs> no, no. Yeah, it's it's going to be way too soon this yeah. summer to do any of that. Um, so, yeah, we got... Um, I'm going to miss a whole summer of live music for sure. Do you think with the Decemberists we have tickets for that? Do you think that they'll... Hmm. I think so. I mean, and it, I don't want to come off it like, oh, poor, poor you. You the won't. Struggles uh, we bear. Right, 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 right. When we're sitting here, cross still I working bear. Yeah. When other people are getting not. a paycheck. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But um, yeah. Yeah, we can. Wanna... We can complain. We're allowed. We can, you know, right. be unhappy about things. Right. It's, we're allowed to do that. But I did say a while ago that we're going to stop talking like that. Right. We're not going to talk about any things that we're going to miss out because of this. Who said that? You decided I that? Did. Oh, is yeah. that your pronouncement? I did. Well, one of those days where I struggled to get up in the morning when oh. the guy kept telling me to go back to bed. And the voice in your the, head? The, the, the Brian decision. Wilson. Let's yeah. officially call the Brian that voice. Wilson in my head. Our Brian right. Wilson. Yes. Yeah, so go back to bed, <laughs> get in a fetal position, and don't do anything today. Here's the thing. You and I have been up every day by eight the latest, maybe. The latest. The latest. Yeah. We're up at six. We're up at seven. We're not... If we decide that I'm going to lay in bed for half an hour, we're allowed to do that. Right. We're allowed to. So we're not spending every, you know, 12 hours in our bed not getting out like our children. No. So I think I think you're I think we're allowed to to grieve. I think you're allowed to be sad. I think that's part of the process. So I don't feel I don't that doesn't bother me. I think that's part of that's kind of what you need to do to self care. Right. Take care of yourself and make sure. Um, it's probably the drinking for 17 hours that we should yeah, that's cut back on. That's not helping. That's not helping. All right. So um, I want to mention a couple of things I want to mention first. So In I me- closing? Not, well, kind of close. We're very close. Right, okay. The Bare Naked Lady song, Brian Wilson, which is such a great song. Right. So we mentioned it's that already. a good already. song. We did. Lying in bed, just like Brian Wilson did. That's such a, I love that. Drove downtown in the rain. Right. Yeah. It's a great song. Was that written in Chicago? Did he talk about that? I'm trying to think. I'm not sure. I know he wrote that literally he was living in his parents' basement, the singer, the lead singer, Stephen Page. It was like 1990 that he wrote that and his 20th birthday. About, that was a long, I mean, that's. I think I saw them twice. Yeah. They Both times at Grant Park, I think. I saw them in at the um, when I saw, show. who's that other band? With the long, the, the guy, with the one guy, the Bodines, yeah, right. some of the Bodines. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is not everyone's a huge fan of Brian Wilson. Like, not everyone thinks he's the genius. And I have a name quote. one person. Okay, I'm gonna, and I have a quote from someone who says, "Fucking hell, I hate Brian Wilson." And you know what? Is if there's a more overrated person in the music business than than me, it's that guy. That's Noel Gallagher, the Oasis <laughs> guitarist. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, jeez. Oh, my God. I tried to go see him at Lollapalooza. <laughs> Did you? Yes, but he was done playing by the time I got there. Yeah. Because he only played, like, three songs because uh, someone had signs about his brother. What? Wait. Big signs what up. What do you mean? Up, right? They're 
weren't they brothers, the Oasis? I don't know a whole lot about them, except for what I learned on Saturday Night Live. Oh, yeah. But they were brothers, and they broke up. Yeah. Right? I think so. But I don't someone really had signs in the audience about the more talented brother. <laughs> no, they did yes, not. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, my gosh. That's so great. Yeah. That's what I love about people is, like, in the midst of all I love this. signs. People – Good signs. good signs. I love a good right. sign. People are so clever. I like clever. college game day. Yeah. I don't even like college football, but I watch college yeah. game day every day because of the signs. Yeah. Every Sunday. I had Saturday. so I had to include that about the Oasis singer because I knew mm. you'd really appreciate that. Um, so um, oh, go ahead. A little side note: We own an Oasis. I took inventory of our CDs. We own an Oasis CD. We do. We do. You do. I don't. I got it through marriage. I, there's no way I would have ever bought an Oasis CD. We no, have, I we, no. we are in. I don't. I wouldn't even tell you. Like, couldn't even tell you what they sing. Oh come on! I, at I, one time, people thought they were the greatest <laughs> band ever. Yeah. Ever. It's a great. The SNL only song that's in my head right yeah. now is "Midnight at the Oasis." <laughs> what was that's that band seventy song? I know what that's all. That's going. Oh my god! <laughs> god help me! Please, JB, let us out. <laughs> What what's an Oasis song? Really? Faster than a cannonball. Mm, yeah, where were that. you when we were getting high? Is that one of those? Are you allowed to sing on your podcast? Yeah, I just can't do it. only oh, snippets. Okay. okay. Is that the one? Is that an Oasis song? We don't song? have to pay them for you singing that song, do we? No, if it's under a certain God, amount. Thank God. No. Thank well, I'm sure God. no Gallagher will be calling me. Right. Wait, so in conclusion, my love. Yes. He is basically the first pop artist credited for writing, arranging, producing, and performing his own material. He's considered a major innovator in the field of music production. He's the principal originator of the California sound. He popularized the idea of the recording studio as a compositional tool. So basically using the studio as its own instrument. Right. And that's where he's been the biggest inspiration to other musicians, to other bands. Right. Yes. So that's, again, why the four studios to make good vibrations, right? So that sure the unusual creative control that Capitol gave him over his own records at the age of 21 set a precedent that allowed other bands and artists to act as their own producers and co-producers. Wilson's success also led to a proliferation of like-minded California producers who helped supplant New York as the center of popular records. Not only did he write a soundtrack to the early 60s, but he let loose a delicate and joyful art pop unique in music history that focused on the mellowness that was fundamental to 70s California pop. So um, the Atlantic magazine, one of their writers, uh, states that anytime a band or musician disappears into a studio to contrive an album-length mystery, the ghost of Wilson is hovering near. He was the first to turn an album into an occasion. In the late 60s, he started a trend of project recordings where an artist records by himself instead of going into an established studio. So today, he lives in Beverly Hills with his wife and their five adopted children. Really? Five adopted little guys. And Wilson says that he might be happier now than he was even during the heyday of the Beach Boys. He says, because I'm having more fun than I did as Beach Boy because I'm no longer a Beach Boy. I'm Brian Wilson. No, that's beautiful. I'm, I'm sorry mm-hmm. I stepped over that. Well, no one knows you stepped over because I was going to take it out. Oh, you so what did you want to say about the kids? Because I, I agree with that, too. No, it just, it, that happens a lot, right? Well, it's um, like, I'm going to do better with my second family. Right, right. Take two. <laughs> Thanks, Ready? Daddy. Right. 
Yeah. Thank you, Daddy, sir. All right, so that's that's your episode. That's my two episodes, too. That's that's actually two episodes. That's actually two episodes. Yeah, because you deserve it. Because you waited right, two seasons. Right. That's this the third. So you are, I wanted to make this very special so that you would know. This was special. Good. You this is on record the longest we've ever talked to each other. No, that's not true. We've had lots sure? of car rides that we've had to talk. Yeah, we did. We have. We drove to Florida. We drove to Key West and back. Yeah. We had good. lots of time. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. So good. I'm glad. I'm glad you like that. I hope you learned something. It's fun to see you work all this magic. Is here. it? Yeah. Right. I, it's fun to see I'm getting a return on you know my investment. <laughs> you're actually, <laughs> that I'm doing okay. That you didn't. Right. Yeah. I'm not right. messing up. Exactly. Thanks, Landy. I mean, Pat. <laughs> Okay, so that's that's it, Patrick, unless you have something else you need to say. No, well, you'll hear that on my podcast when oh, I start my okay. own. Oh, okay, we'll promote that. Yes. I'll, I'll add that. I'll record Coming our ending. Coming up soon, yeah. the Pat Podcast. As soon as <laughs> the Patcast. The Patcast. Pat as soon as I come up with a topic, <laughs> a concept. Guests. Anything, idea, guests. Yeah. Anything. Okay, that sounds good. All right, All right babe. All right, so. Thank you. Thank you. Thank what you are you making for dinner? Uh, I think we're going to order dinner. <laughs> right? Perfect. You want to support local business? <laughs> yes. Okay. So thanks, everyone. Make That's sure. That's my line. <laughs> okay. Rate. Sorry. Go ahead. Subscribe and review. Where? Nailed it. Oh, on our social medias. iTunes and Spotify. On the iTunes, Spotify, and aren't you on the Gram? Yeah, but you Instagram? can't. No, but you can't rate it on Instagram. Oh, no, follow us on Instagram. Follow Is that us what on you say what oh. you kids say. Okay, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Right, the face page. We also have a website, the so dramatic podcast dot com. For more information, photos. You want are to know more about me? For that? We we are. <laughs> I just yeah. got a bill for that. Great, great. <laughs> so yeah, follow, rate, subscribe, review. All right, babe. I love you. Love you, too. And remember, it's okay to be so dramatic. Mm -hmm.